calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Welcome to the Take 15 podcast. I'm Lauren Foster, and this is the show where we bring you short conversations with some of the world's most interesting and accomplished people. My guest this week is Lucy Johns. She's a CFA charter holder and a vice president at Dodge and Cox. We talk about why she's optimistic about global bonds, the effects of trillions of dollars of negative yielding debt, and why she believes investors can find real positive yield and have an edge through security selection, being benchmark agnostic, and managing currency exposure. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Lucy Johns, welcome. So there's no shortage of doom and gloom in the headlines, but you're optimistic about global bonds. Why is that? Well, I'd say that while there are negative yields, political uncertainty, concerns about growth, there are pockets of the global bond market that are quite interesting and more attractively priced. And so for managers that have an approach that's flexible, selective, and long-term oriented, we think there's an opportunity to take advantage of the vast opportunity set and add return and diversification benefits to a portfolio. So speaking of, sort of doom and gloom in the world, how do you prepare your portfolios for the effects of geopolitical risks? And it could be you know, the Brexit or protests in Hong Kong or even turmoil in the Middle East. Well, assessing politics and geopolitics is a difficult task for sure. It's really our job as managers to do whatever we can to, to, to come up with a base case for what an outcome might be, but perhaps even more importantly, to think about really a range of outcomes for these geopolitical scenarios, and in particular, how, how wide the tails may be, because as fixed income investors, we're always focused on the downside and protecting there. I think once we come up with these views, we have to apply it at both the issue level and a portfolio level. Um, so I'd love to talk a little bit about trade tensions, and in particular, you know, the US and China, which has cast quite a pall over the global economy and financial markets. So a two-part question for you. Um, how will international trade tensions affect the global economy? And then how do you incorporate those trade tensions and tariffs into your security selection? We're seeing the trade tensions already having a fairly big impact on the economy, certainly in the areas of uh, industrial figures, manufacturing. We've really seen a slowdown already there. In addition, policymakers at central banks have been cutting rates and investment and uncertainty, or, or, or I guess delaying investment is starting to happen more given the uncertainty. So we definitely see this as impacting the macro outlook. In terms of security selection, we do our best to understand both direct and indirect impacts on each idea in the portfolio. We're probably a little less orientated towards cyclical companies right now, um, but in general, we're, we're focused more on this in terms of a macro issue. 
So one of the biggest issues that investors are talking about is the effects of nearly $17 trillion in negative yielding bonds globally. And there was an article that I read yesterday that a long-time money manager said the whole concept of negative yields, of people paying for the privilege of lending money is insane. And he said it's not fixed income investing, that's fixed loss harvesting. So I'm wondering, how are the negative interest rates in other developed countries affecting U.S. rates? Yes, it is a, an unprecedented time and a little bit hard for many people to understand. Happily in the U.S., we aren't in a negative rate environment yet, and we don't think that that's likely um, any time in the near future. We think there's some important differences in the U.S. versus other economies. That being said, clearly the abundance of negative yields in these other markets is putting downward pressure on U.S. markets because it is a global integrated economy. Investors often do have a choice of where to invest, and I think investors are trying to move out of some of these ne negative yielding markets into the U.S. And what do you think about that comment uh, from the Bloomberg article? Any thoughts on that? I'd have to think more about that one. <laughs> That's okay, <laughs> I don't no worries. After that. <laughs> okay, no worries. So let's talk a little bit about um, volatility in the global bond markets. Mm -hmm. So again, this is like a sort of three-part question for you. So first of all, what is it signaling? Uh, where are we in the economic uh, interest rate cycle? And can the global economy dodge a recession? Yeah, volatility in the markets has actually not been... I guess are you focused more on the lower volatility or... Because volatility actually hasn't been that high. I think in terms of where we are in the cycle, we have a somewhat more sanguine outlook in terms of viewing a slowdown more likely than a full-blown recession. And so we would definitely say we're not end of cycle. We're later stages of this very long cycle that we've seen since the financial crisis. We think that the, a recession could be avoided globally, partly because some of the large economies like the U.S. and China are in a position uh, that is less dire than some other parts of the world and still have a number of tools or healthy pockets of the economy, like in the U.S., the labor market or the consumer. China has a lot of tools it can use to manage its economy. So we think some of this will help shield against a broad-based recession. Also, we haven't seen we're not aware of as many signs of excess leverage in the system, which typically has preceded a recession. So we're, we're thinking that a slowdown is the more likely case. That's good news. So you believe that investors can find real positive yield and have an edge through security selection, being benchmark agnostic, and managing their currency exposure. Could you elaborate a little bit on those three points? Well, it's certainly harder to find real yields these days, but again, with an active approach to global management, there are pockets of opportunity um, where you can find positive real yields. From a currency standpoint, it's an interesting time because the dollar has been on a very long upward cycle. And so just as a foundation, many um, non-dollar currencies are trading at what we believe are attractive valuations and combining that with you know, unique fundamental or political outlooks, we think there's a number of interesting opportunities in the currency space as well. Okay, great. And then just a closing question, uh, where do you think the greatest opportunities are today and how are you positioning your global uh, bond portfolios? So our global bond portfolio features a, a 
pretty high allocation to corporate bonds, over 40% of the portfolio, primarily investment grade. So again, using careful security selection, we winnow down the universe of over 2,500 credit issuers to well less than 100. So they're very carefully selected, but we think there's opportunity there. In addition, some of the emerging markets, we think a handful of those offer attractive, again, real yields, some opportunity for currency appreciation and a relatively good fundamental outlook. So those are two of the areas that we have allocated more of our portfolio to, or really avoiding that low yielding or negative yielding government debt. Great. It's been a pleasure talking to you this year. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and it helps others find the show. Also, a quick reminder, this podcast isn't intended to provide expert advice on the topics we covered. If you need tax, accounting, or legal advice, please consult a professional. I am Lauren Foster. Thanks so much for listening.